You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McClendon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The Buckos win. That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! What's up, everybody? Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, as always, we got ourselves Tyler and Jim Rosati. What's up, fellas? How's everyone doing after this fantastic Padres series? I didn't hear a yo-yo-yo. That was a little strange. Hey, yo-yo-yo. That's true. No yo-yo-yos. Do I do that on this show? Yeah. You do it at the beginning of every show. This one of Venice? Do I? Okay. Yeah. Well, then. That's weird. Yeah. Sorry. I thought we were doing a test run here. (laughs) I mean, all our shows are basically a test run, aren't they? True, true. Basically, we're still waiting on the the get out of the beta version of North Shore Nine. But anyways, <laughs> yes, guys, how y'all doing? I'm here. Doing good, yeah, doing good. It was a fun. That was a fun homestand. You know, um, I still don't think it like changed my mind about the Pirates and the direction that they're heading this year. Fifty four wins, um, still, Jim. It was, it was fun to uh, to see them beat up on the Cubs. It was fun to uh, see some good games against the Padres. I mean, today's wasn't wasn't great, but a couple nice games there against a pretty decent team. So that was that was good to see. Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good week. Just thankful I didn't have to. I got to watch them beat up on Musgrove a little bit, so that I don't have my Twitter feed blown up. Oh, right. Yes, because that wasn't going to be pretty if Musgrove came in here. And I mean, obviously, we're not expecting a no hitter, but just pitched really, really well. Obviously, yeah. Which he, I mean, honestly, he did also pitch well. <laughs> no, he didn't pitch bad, but right. Also, didn't have to hear. It wasn't an incredible start. He's, he's no Tyler Anderson. <laughs> we did, as Leonardo uh, eloquently put it, Pirates. Bad pitcher, trade, bad team, or good team. Yes. Pirates pitcher, turn good, Pirates bad. Right. Yep, we didn't have to get the Pretty lazy much. takes. That was good. But, I mean, honestly, if you want to talk about it, let's let's talk about that. I, I thought the Pirates, this series, as far as the bats go, I mean, pitching was a mixed bag of balls, for um, a lack of terms. But for, like, I feel like for the batting, the hitters, right, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, honestly, like they were, I loved their approach against Musgrove. They were very, very patient. Um, and we'll get to one singular person as well. Colin Moran. I mean, I'm just outstanding. I'm, I won't say baffled because I think he's a decent player, but like I'm baffled in the sense of like how, how improved he looks like this year opposed to last year, which also was a good season. But just like the, the whole Pirates approach outside of like Anthony Alford Jr., um, like they, they, they were really good this series, especially. Joe Musgrove start. I'm going to put the jersey I'll say on. this about Moran. 
Yeah, the thing about Moran that that I've noticed, and then really it's him and Evans kind of doing the same thing. Just every at bat, right? Like there's no they don't take an at bat off. Evans and Moran, every time they come yes. to the plate, it's a battle. They have good approaches. It's the pitcher has to work to get them out if they do get out. And then a lot of times they're either working a walk or you're seeing Moran. Moran is just peppering like the left center field gap. I feel like every game he's just, he's going that left center field, left center field, and he's just peppering it over and over again. Um, and, and that type of approach is going to lead to, you know, cause he's, he's letting the ball come in a little bit, a little bit uh, farther. Um, so he, he's able to recognize pitches, uh, you know, easier, but he, he looked really good this series. You know, Evans wasn't, you know, otherworldly, you know, these past few games, but he still put together good at bats. Um, those two, I said, just, just the way that they've been approaching plate appearances day in, day out has been impressive so far. So I'm going to be the Debbie Downer. <laughs> We're shocked, we know, We're shocked Tyler. I know. Right. As, I, as we all know, I love Colin Moran. Yes. It seems like every year he puts together this type of deal at the end of the year. He's still a guy. The bat speed's not there. Higher Velo's going to get him. Up in the zone, they're going to get him. He'll put together this type of stretch, but it, he is what he is, man. He's he's going to be a 100 to 110 WRC plus kind of guy, and pitchers are going to figure out that we're going to throw high on him. Bat speed's not there. As Jim said, yeah, he's waiting back on it, but that's just – kind of counterproductive on what his weaknesses. But isn't that almost kind of playing into his weakness? I mean, if his and, and by not playing in, I mean like counteracting it, right? You know, if he's not able to necessarily generate the bat speed, you know, he's he's still his approach is allowing him if he's not trying to pull everything right, then he's trying to go the other way with stuff. Then the bat speed isn't as big of a deal. But it is whenever the pitchers start coming at him up in the zone. I think it's been his it's been his approach forever. I think just whenever we see, and I feel like we've seen it before, where he gets on a stretch of uh, his approach is great, he's going the other way. Once he sees the higher end pitcher. That's going to be up in the zone on him. The higher velo, he just he's not the dude that's able to get to the ball. So I don't know if it's more of a approach change for him. I think it's just everything has kind of gone his way, where he's facing guys that are able that are fitting the type of approach he has. I mean, does he also? I guess I mean to a degree, I I can see what you're saying, Tyler. But also, I think too, like. Doesn't he just seem way more patient this year as well? Like he's really hunting that pitch for him. And he's laying off a lot of stuff too. I mean, here's the thing too. He's walking a lot, a lot more this year. And it's a small sample. I get that. But I mean, that's another thing that like really has gleamed out to me is the fact that like just how patient he is at the plate right now. You were cutting in that entire time, but yeah. I, I'm Oh, really? Yeah, I made out what you said there. It was kind of going in and out, but you're good now. Um, but no, yeah, as far as as far as the patience, right? He he's getting on base, he's putting together good at bats, he's making the pitchers throw a lot of pitches. I mean, so far, so good for Colin Moran. I mean, I I 
I see. I would like to see more power, right? I mean, he's got two home runs so far. You would like Colin Moran to be a guy who could hit 25-plus home runs, you know, in this day, sure. day and age. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit 25 home runs and then at the same time hit, what is he, 311 right now? Um, but well, he's 293 after today. No, but as far as um, as far as his approach goes, oh yeah, you're right. I was looking at yesterday's. Yeah, so I have 311. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd like to see more power, but the approach is working. Getting on base, he's hitting singles, he's hitting doubles. I can't really complain. I hear you, but I I don't have a problem with the approach. I love the approach to going the other way, but it's also I just don't think he has the talent to be able to sustain this at all. Okay. Well, we're gonna find out here eventually. But so far through these twelve, these thirteen games, um, I just gotta say, like I have liked what I've seen from Colin Moran. but also ex- expanding from him, you know, as far as the team, like I said, you know, the, the lineup um, was was fairly good this this series. You know, I mean, again, like we're the thing about the lineup is it's not a stars and scrubs in the sense that like these guys are stars like Almaran, like it's not a star, but in the sense of it's like mediocres to complete scrubs. <laughs> in the sense, I mean, Anthony Alford Jr. Anthony Alford was what one o o of nineteen today. He got his first hit. Perez just got his first hit. It just seems like this, it's kind of bunched up unless we have some strange lineups from Shelton for some unknown reason. But it just seems as if like, you know, there's this bunch of hitters sandwiched, you know, with amongst each other that, that can hit, can be productive. And so far they have been productive. And it's like outside of that, it's just disastrous. Um, But with those productive hitters, they have all been very productive so far this year, you know, to the sense of like, have you guys kind of said surprising. I mean, Adam Frazier has done pretty well. Colin Moran has done pretty well. Um, obviously, you know, Thrillip Evans is is letting up the world right now. Um, cool down a little bit here, but it's like, yeah, I mean, and obviously, Cabrian Hayes is going to be coming back. So, Brian Reynolds also doing well. Even Kevin, I keep saying Kevin. I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm, I'm so sorry for your father. I swear I'll never stop calling you Kevin Stallings. But even Jacob Stallings has shown... <laughs> Life with the bat. Tyler. Tyler. Yes. yes. You know? So, I mean, going into the like season. games in, but yes. We didn't think this lineup was going to be good. And so far, it's showing that it's it's been more productive than I've anticipated. Certainly more productive than the Cubs. That's for sure. Anthony Alford is absolutely freaking atrocious. Yeah. You know? Well, we, I was reading our group text earlier about Anthony Alford. And I, I think, Donato, you were the one that put in there that how does he keep – you shared something. How does he keep getting – That was Ryan, actually. Opportunities. Yeah, that was Ryan. It might have been. Okay. I feel like it's a – everyone is falling in love with the athleticism. It's almost like a, a Bubba Stallings type of deal. Where everyone's just in love with how athletic this guy is, but he's a terrible baseball player. He stinks. How's this guy keep getting shots? I mean, can it be a little bit of two things though? I mean, can it be like he has skills, he has tools, like you said, the athleticism like is what there. Tools? He's never shown them. But but at the same time, there's 
there's not real big competition going on in center field. It's not as if yeah. he's taking bats away. And I think that's part of it, you know? So, like, with a Polanco, you're going to give at bats. The reason you're to give him at bats is because you know there was something there. Mm-hmm. It seems like with Anthony Alford, it's like you're going to give him at bats because there's also the same situation. There's no one there that he's really taking at bats from. I know. But, my God, this guy stinks. Well, that's what I'm getting at. But, I mean, I'm starting to think this leash is tightening up because there's there's a degree where it's like you know you're i want to see something and i understand like you have a bad stretch it's, a, it's just it's 14 games a bad stretch but over 19 with 15 k's that's not a bad stretch he's bad like there's no way around it he's not a major league baseball player he's hardly a triple a baseball player the guy didn't hit the minors everyone is Falling in love with the potential slash athleticism. He's not good. Just let him go play somewhere else. Go to the Mexican League. Go away. I, I know you're bad. I know Jim's winning the pounce on this. So go ahead, Jim. Here's your chance. I mean, this whole time I've I've, I've kind of been saying that I, I really haven't seen much out of Alford. I do think that. Like, if Anthony Alford made the team out of spring training, right? Like, 24 plate appearances isn't enough to just be like, you're done. Sure. So, as much as I, I honestly, I don't think there's really anything interesting about Anthony Alford, I, I do think they should at least give him a month, you know? Um, he got hit today. It wasn't a very good hit. It was like a fluke, you know, a little, little blue <laughs> But it was a hit. Head, it counted. But, but it was a it's hit. It counts. Sheet. Yeah. Um, he actually has walked a few. His, his walk rate is actually decent. It's just he's striking out two out of every three at bats. So that's you know that's a problem. Uh, yeah. I, I, again, he's had a, an absolutely dreadful start of, of the season. I do not have much faith in Anthony Alford. But at the same time, if if you thought he was good enough to to give him a shot to play center field, then you you have to you can't say after twenty four plate appearances, nope, you're done. That's it. Like that's just not enough. Twenty four plate appearances. I mean, Anthony Alford's only played eight games, and and he didn't even start all eight of those. Right? He's probably only started like six games this year. If, if you're going to give the guy a chance, give the guy a chance. At least give him the end of the month. No, I'm good. I've seen enough. The guy stinks. Yeah, I've seen enough. I don't think he's any good, but I don't think you can just say after eight games, you know, hey, you won the spot on the roster, but eight games later. Win is no, a very strong word. I think that's no, part I mean, of the difference. Anthony Alford was the one guy. Alford was the one guy, though, like who he won. He won a roster spot. He didn't have a roster spot going into this, right? Um, and, and he, he, I think he played himself onto this roster during spring training. So I think he, I think he deserves a little more than like again. How many games has he started? Five or six. He deserves more than that. I mean, He's okay, bad. so. I'm kind of in the middle of both of you, shockingly. Um, like the Jim's degree, you know, 
it's it's true. Like I'm not going to give up on him. I mean, it was like the whole Polanco argument we had last week. You know, if Polanco won the white right field job, you're not going to DFA him, you know, or bench him or whatever after five games. And it's kind of the same thing here. Like if if it was Alfred that won the job, like he is the center fielder. After eight games, you're not going to say see ya. You know, you're gone. But what I will say, like the degree and the difference is. This is this isn't even like Alfred wishes he was Polanco bad. Yeah. You know, I guess that's what I'm coming at here. Right. It's so bad that the leash, like I said, it's not so much I'm saying like he's gone, but the leash is really shortening. I mean, with him playing this terrible, you know, maybe it's more of a split now with him and Fowler. I mean, how can I, how can I, as Derek Shelton, say, keep going out there? You're striking out 66% of the time. Keep going out there. Keep going out there. It's not like he's doing, it's not much he's doing right now to win and keep the center field job. And now that Jared Oliva is on the travel team, right? I mean, I, I think that's kind of putting on, on red alert now as well. I mean, because the center field position has been terrible. I, I didn't realize this. This is out on Twitter. I saw a few people tweet it. Um, today was the first hit from the eight hole all season, <laughs> which of course is typically occupied by those guys. Um, so, you know, Anthony Alford, I just feel is like, you're, you're on the hot seat right now. Like it's, it starts right now. Yes. I'm not getting off the team right now, but it, the lease is short. You continue this. I don't know if we're lasting and waiting till the end of April to get him off. There is nothing intriguing about this guy. And then the minors, he had an okay spring training. Not good. He won a job against a bunch of bad players. He stinks. I get it. The team stinks. Let me see someone that might have something to do in the future. This guy's bad. Let's not waste our time. Again, let me read have absolutely no issues whatsoever with Alfred being designated for assignment tonight, right? I don't have any issues with that. I just think it's, hey, you made the club. Let's give you more than six games. That's I all. hear you, but Denardo brought up Polanco. Polanco's at least shown at some point he could be a major league hitter. True. Anthony Alfred hasn't shown he can be a minor league hitter. True. I mean, both are true. He sucks. Now, there's not many good options for center field, but there's certainly there's options, not. you know, and there's no minor league season going on yet. You know, that's where I just feel like, because, I mean, Alfred has options still, right? We're not really DFAing him. He would just mm, turn the out of I do not think Alfred has any options. I don't care. Uh, oh, you're right. He does not. Okay, so he doesn't have any options left. Um, is anyone really claiming him? No. So, so maybe, you know, once April ends, maybe like the Rangers or something like that. I don't know. I could see a team maybe doing it. And I'm not saying it. I mean, maybe the Rockies, right? They need a tank. (laughs) I'm not saying it because I think that they have a world beater coming up, but at least Goodwin has shown that he can hit a major league baseball before. Well, yeah, absolutely. So I think if they're going to bring up Goodwin, it means something happened with Fowler. Because like I, I think they like that like lefty righty just on the bench type thing. So, 
Oh yeah, I, I mean it's been magnificent. It's it's been. <laughs> so I'm not saying they like what they. I don't have think this team's right in a spot. Though, the strategy behind that has played out so well. Yeah, but I think they're in that kind of position. But I think if you're gonna have it, you're gonna like they they want to do that platoon as much as they can. Um, and it's worked out so well. Again, I know it hasn't. I know, I know. But um, but I, I don't. I I wouldn't. I would be surprised if it was Fowler and Goodwin on this team. Because then you don't really have any righties. They both suck. I mean, yeah, I, I get, I get the idea. We of are it, wasting but I think, our time again. Like, aren't you kind of at a point if Alfred continues this that it doesn't matter? I don't care what you are. You could stand up there and swing the bat between your legs. You could use your feet. To, I mean, you might have a better success than Alfred right now. Like, I don't care about the righty lefty. I, yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that I would be. I would be completely fine with them just saying, Alford, Fowler, you're both gone. Oliver, Goodwin, let's try you. I'm fine with okay. that. Yeah, I hear Fowler you. Fowler hasn't been good either. But Fowler's been bad also. Yeah, has more I think a, less opportunities as well. I don't know. I just... This is more of a... Oh, Anthony Alford is intriguing. No, he was never intriguing. He blows. Shut up. Okay, so he blows. Let's put it this way. And you like Balor has played Actually, more than Alfred. Yeah, I was gonna say like never mind. They both blow. So Balor has definitely played just as much. Um just not as awful, just, but still bad. So I'll just, give you that. I'll give you that. But here's my thing. So we've talked about the center field position OPS. way too long on this show right now. <laughs> Because okay. you are correct. It, it's, it's quite possible that end of April comes and they are both gone. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I guess to sum this up so far, I mean, it's both been terrible. And I think, right, like Oliver now being put, put into the travel team, right? I think, again, like there's something coming. If one of them, which I think is Alfred first, doesn't show, here comes Oliver. And then probably Goodwin's soon to come too. If that happens, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes sense. And I think I think eventually this is all going to lead to hopefully seeing Swaggerty in there. There it is. This year. Okay. You guys will appreciate that guy. on the over. It's my <laughs> guy. You know what I love the most about all this? The Nardo's getting a little bit of gray in that beard now, finally. And don't even start. <laughs> I looks good. You look distinguished. Once I, you know, once I distinguished that, hides that just for men's wearing off. <laughs> Shut up, Tyler. I'm gonna have to chroma key at this now and get all the whites out of uh, the screen. <laughs> at least you can grow one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't look twelve. All right, so we're moving off from center field. Um, so I guess it, let's let's just talk about it let's bring up mitch keller so obviously we were pretty enthused because last wednesday jim and i talked about mitch keller we talked about what you know jim really was going off about what he needs to do you know he has to have some success and go off and he found that with the cubs series um he pitched a really really good game against the cubs so we're looking into this game hoping that he can build upon it that didn't happen today. <laughs> it was pretty much the complete opposite. 
he he looked even worse than you know his previous starts, but differently. Um, and, and yeah, like it just it it seemed like he reverted right back to the old Mitch Keller, which still I let me bring the stat up real quick for everyone because it feels like I mean I, I know obviously the twenty I'm sorry the sixty game season was part of it, but it seems like Mitch Keller has been like a major leaguer for a while. I heard the set today that this was his eighth home game of his major league career. This is eighth game in PNC Park. Like, think about that. Eight games. So, anyways, back to Mitch Keller. Um, I mean, what are we what are we doing here, guys? Go ahead, Jim. You got many opinions. Uh, as far as with Keller, I thought you were bringing something up. No, not on, on the screen. Not on Mitch. Uh, hold on, okay. is, there, <laughs> is there a trash can? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think um, it's just disappointing to see. We talked about this last week, right? We talked about how he needed to taste success, and that success would hopefully turn into a more consistent, different-looking Mitch Keller. We saw that success last week, and today he just looked like a completely different pitcher. He reverted back to his old um, Didn't really – he wasn't attacking hitters. He wasn't the, the breaking stuff. Just, he wasn't, he wasn't throwing like conviction, right? The curveballs he was leaving up, the sliders were being hung and they were just being hit all over the field. It was a good Padres lineup that he was facing. Um, you know, you can't throw Manny Machado, a middle, middle hanging slider right. or Manny Machado is going to hit that, you know, in the left field fence over the left field fence. And that's what he did. So, um, and then it got, and like I said, it just it, it's one of those things where once once that started happening, he just he's just not the same guy. He's not the same pitcher whenever he's he's struggling. He when people on base and there's and things aren't going his way, instead of you know digging down deep and getting out of jams and and just saying you know what I'm gonna take this inning over and we're gonna get out of this. You know, it just kind of keeps spiraling and spiraling, you know, from like a, not from like a stuff standpoint or who who he reminds me, but like, just from like a, you know, when things get bad, things get bad. Like he kind of reminds me of like Charlie Morton when he was here, you know, where like Morton kind of the same way, once things started going bad, Morton, like it was just, it was over, you know, that there was no, there was no coming back from it. Uh, and that just kind of seems to be the pattern right now for Keller. He's still young, but he needs to he needs to start pitching better. I mean, I, I said it before this year, like this is this is like a do or die year for Keller. He needs to he needs to show up, or Mitch Keller might not be the Mitch Keller that we hope he is. So I actually I dug a little bit into it earlier. I thought that he was – I thought he was giving up a lot of hard hits. Actually, he really doesn't give up that much hard contact I mean, throughout his career. I mean, he did, but right, for his career, not – He does, but throughout his career, he he's not uh, – like, he's swinging his stuff's there. And it really, it's one of those guys that's – what the hell is wrong with him? So, Jim alluded to it when it's like, at this point, it's it's a mental issue. The guy just does not, as Jim said, he doesn't throw a conviction. When times are bad, then 
I feel bad bringing it up, but Ryan's posted earlier about does this guy look like he wants to be on the mound right now? Right. He sure as hell didn't. He did not look like a guy that wanted to be on that major league mound right there. So, I mean, it's, it could be a personality thing, and, and that I guess I kind of get. But, I mean, if that is your personality, that makes sense why you might just be that way. And, I mean, I don't know what it is it you have to fight through or whatever, but, I mean, you got to attack guys. You look scared you, to death. You have to have you have to have some swag or something, you know, whatever be on that mound and attack those guys. I mean, you are facing a good lineup, you know, again, the the Cubs lineup has been bad. I mean, obviously those guys aren't typically bad, but it's been bad when he faced them. I I don't know if he just felt a certain way. And of course they got a big jump, you know, and that's why he got some confidence in there. He looked a little bit different. He was pitching better, but like today they're facing a good San Diego Padres lineup and they got to him. And I mean, obviously before the game, as you mentioned with that, the video that Ryan posted, which got a lot of love and hate on Twitter, but you know, like you just see his mentality and he just seems very, I mean, he could be a very chill guy. And I get that. You know, everyone loves to talk about, as you even just said here, like AJ Burnett, you know, oh, get AJ here, get AJ here. Well, I don't know if AJ Burnett's going to help him. I mean, AJ Burnett has a completely different personality than Mitch Keller. So you have to you have to do something. You have to find something to get your your mindset up there on that mound and, and face those guys. And like you said, like he just looks like he he's scared. You know, like these guys are major leaguers, and I don't belong here. Yeah, I didn't mention AJ yet, but I did before the show. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was before. Man, or not. No, I know, but, but we've said it before here because non- we keep seeing it on. Twitter I know too, it's and- been nonstop though. Like AJ, you got to talk to this kid. I don't think that's going to help. AJ doesn't need to talk yeah. to this guy. That doesn't mean anything. This kid needs to learn that, hey, I'm better than you. That's it. That's It all comes down to the mentality, and I don't know if he has it. And I just don't get why – I mean, and I guess I understand it. He, he some, his command was just way off today. He was throwing the ball all over the place, but – the stuff is there. You know, like if you look at the stuff and even, you know, even like compared to other pitchers, right? His fastball is an average fastball. His slider, above average slider. Curveball is one of the best curveballs in the league when it comes to vertical movement. Like he's, a, he, he's got one of the best curveballs in baseball. Um, the issue here is he's not throwing it where he needs to. Um, he's not generating swings and misses. Uh, because he's all over the place, so so people are just letting it go and sitting on the mistakes. It's just it was it was a bad game for him. It was something where you were hoping he was going to build off of last week because last week you saw what he was like when the command was there. You know he was pinpointing that fastball at the top of the zone. He was getting people to chase with the slider and the curveball, blowing away, uh, and it was working. Today. Today, the breaking stuff was not there. It was not there at all. He had zero command of it whatsoever. Um, and because he had zero command of the breaking stuff, the fastball didn't play because, I mean, they were able to just sit on that. He threw a few good fastballs later on in, later on in the outing today, and, and they, were, they were hit because I – mean, there was no reason to to really worry about the other stuff. Just a random thought of uh, not major league pitching pitching coach. It seems like he's in a spot where he's trying to locate the curveball so much that he's just 
as Jim said earlier, he's not throwing in the conviction. He's not saying, you know what, whatever happens here, I'm throwing this thing as hard as I can. It's just, it all seems like it's a mental issue with Mitch Heller. Now, part of it too, I want to bring up here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his release point, yeah, it was, was all over. Like the one thing about the Cubs game was he looked mentally a whole different person, which was really good. His pitching, I mean, his pitches were very effective. His release point was really tightened up that game. Um, and then today, again, like the complete opposite. You know, we saw the mentality. We saw the, the body language. We saw the, how he looked there on the mound. Wasn't confident. He didn't have that to him. But then, right, like it just, he was like Jim alluded to. I mean, obviously he said, you know, he wasn't commanding anything. His release point was everywhere. So maybe he didn't have his stuff today. I mean, that could also be it, you know. But with that, he also didn't trust anything. I mean, it just – and it seemed like he was different like every inning too. You know, there were some innings – I mean, obviously they were hitting him, which wasn't good, but he was getting the ball into the zone. Obviously, that's why there was a lot of hits that were made. Um, and then, you know, went out – like like I forget who it was. It must have been the, the guy in the two-hole. I thought it was a leadoff hitter. So it must have been Profar that got out. And then Cronworth and Machado came up, and it was eight straight balls. It was just like he feared them. Like these guys got hits off me. I'm not, I don't want any part of them. And he just walked them. And they both scored, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Because I think that's where it's really opened up. Yeah. The Pirates just need to hire a real sports psychologist. Because guys had too many head cases in this organization by this point. (laughs) Tyler Glass now. I mean, Charlie Borden. Mitch Keller. They brought in John Baker, right? But that's not really his role with this team. So who? Someone that Keone, Keone Kelly is not going to fight. Everyone says, yeah, actually, everyone says AJ Burnett. Uh, they need a Keone Kelly in this one. <laughs> Don't fix like, Mitch Kelly right now. The- yeah. Can someone just walk in this building and say, I don't care where this ball is going. I'm throwing it. Screw it. I was just get, like Jared Hughes out there. Jeez. Jared Hughes is a madman. And then Brandon Phillips is going to fight him. That's the whole thing. Future Hall of Famer Brandon Phillips. Oh, he's dog shit. <laughs> he's terrible. No, I, I saw that. I saw that written the other day. It made me laugh. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Keller. It all comes back to like, if nobody can figure out what's going on with you, and you have that good of stuff, it comes back to him. He's just he's not doing it. Yeah, and I actually say it was DK today who's, who actually said um, you know this is this doesn't really seem like it's a Pirates issue the Pirates have taken the reins off of Keller and said hey go go throw your stuff right um, and, and he's just not doing it this seems more like a Keller issue than like a Pirates pitching philosophy issue or coaching issue it's it's just Keller needs to be better. No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't know what it's going to take to get him to just. It, so it the director hyper. of mental performance and learning is Bernie yeah. Holiday. So the Pirates don't oh, have they fired, one of those. They did fire the last guy that got in the fight with Keone Kella. So, so, and that's something we said last week too about, you know, Baker. Like, should he have maybe a specialized little side project he has with Keller? And they have Bernie Holiday is the mental performance and learning director. So to me, like 
not to say that it doesn't fall, I guess, ultimately on Oscar Marine and such, but like to me, I think the real work that needs to be done isn't Oscar Marine. You know, it's not the pitching philosophy and such, you know, as it's been in the past per se. It's Bernie Holiday. That's who needs to get with Mitch Keller. Like, you know what I mean? Like, think like that's what we're talking about. Like, that's why I say like AJ Burnett. Like, AJ Burnett isn't what he needs because AJ Burnett is his own person, his own thing. What worked for AJ Burnett isn't going to work for Mitch Keller because they're completely different people. They can't relate. AJ's going to say, go do this. And Mitch Keller's like, no, I I feel weird doing that. That's not my personality. I can't do that. You know, it puts more pressure and stress on him to think about doing this too. You know, like Bernie Holiday has to find some way to get in Mitch's head to get him right, I guess. Someone's got to be able to get into that kid's head and say, I'm better than you. Let's do it. Right. But again, it is still ultimately on Mitch Keller. It is, but Oscar Marine's got to be better. I mean, you're the pitch coach. You've got to be able to relate to these kids, these dudes. You got to find a way. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they have to figure out a way for Keller to be good he's a very important piece on this team yes he is for the future yes he is um that'd be a huge you know, like he's somebody if it's not mitch yeah. Keller going forward yeah. this new wave of pirate players yeah. i mean you look at this pitching staff top to bottom keller's the one who's supposed to like anchor these guys like for the foreseeable future been, there's been too many examples in this pirates organization of guys that are mentally soft Someone's got to figure this out. Need to bring back Coca. Hey, <laughs> that's what all went wrong. <laughs> yep, that's what we need. We need some Navy SEAL training. I'm telling you, someone's got to give here. I'm telling you, well, everyone make fun of it, but you know, else, someone else will. You know, and then we're going to be bitching in five years. That's what I'm saying they all want to make fun of it, but now everyone's just so soft on here. We had that training still in existence. We'd be mentally strong, and Mitch Keller would be out there dominating. Ace of the staff. Got stuff. <laughs> Let's do it. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you uh, again. It's still, it's still early on. This is a disappointing start in this trek of 2021, but um. I guess now we're just let's see what next game is. <laughs> we're gonna keep doing that all year. That's what the season's gonna be for Mitch Keller. Like Jim said, like he's gotta have to figure it out this year. Uh, I'm not saying if he doesn't, it's done, it's over, and you get rid of Keller, your DFA Keller, whatever. But like it is an important year because if it doesn't happen this year, I, I don't know if it's going to happen going forward. You know, like what's gonna change? What's different from next year to this year? If that's his issue, it's not a different pitching philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, mechanics from this point. It's, it's not most of the typical pitching stuff. It's all a mentality. And if it ain't here, which is unfortunate, maybe it just is a different scenery. I don't, I don't know. Which then turns back into Pirates bad. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't think Keller's a guy that you give up on, you know, for a while. Um, but, no. but, yeah, I mean, he's... He's got to get it right. And now the, the, the luxury that this team has right now is they aren't competing for, you know, playoff spots right now this exactly. year or probably next year. So, you know, it, it does give them some time to get it right, 
but like he needs to he needs to just he needs to start doing it. He needs to start shoving. He needs to start striking people out. You know, one strikeout in nine hits in three and a third innings, that's I don't even understand how that's possible with a pitcher with his stuff. True. I can tell you how he's soft. All right. So who's not soft? Well, actually, no, we'll go into who also is soft. Let's keep this soft. Let's keep the negativity. We'll end on the positive. So, soft. so who's also God. soft? It is keep the negativity going. Yes. Kevin Newman. All right. So we talked about his spring. I was going to say who wasn't soft, and it's no. What, we're going to continue. Oviedo. Keep keep your keep your segue for the next. Ah. One. No, we're we're yeah, staying he's with soft. soft contract. Soft contract. Soft contract. <laughs> God, you okay, Tyler? Do you need? Not beer? really. God, I got no beer on me. But that's anyhow, yes, Kevin Newman. <laughs> Tyler, so this is t- this is sober Tyler. See what you guys get. That's yeah. not fun. Anyway, so yes, to Kevin Newman, keeping on the negativity and softness. Kevin Newman is is bad. He's bad again. We we saw the spring training. I was I was hanging on to it with some hope. You know, maybe there's a difference. Maybe it's more 2019 Kevin Newman that we're going to see. Uh, he didn't strike out. He's making lots of contact. Uh, you know, maybe we can see someone who's again no power, but batting close to 300, gets on base. Right, he's walking more. That's no. We're seeing a lot of 2020 Kevin Newman again. Just so I have the stat cast up here, right? He, he ranks everything's blue except for K percentage, which again, he's still not striking out. The problem is he, he makes contact. Like I wish maybe he did it. Maybe he would just stand up there and not swing the bat and try to get walks because he makes contact with everything and it goes right into the dirt. I think he has, oh, I should bring it up. I think his launch angle right now is like what? Negative three degrees. Is that what his average is? Uh, it is negative 3.3. There it is. Yeah, yeah, he's literally just hitting the ball into the dirt and not very hard. Yeah, he's had, he has a bottom 7% in the league exit velocity. And he, uh, he has a bottom 2% in hard hit rate. And he's, yep, he's hitting it straight into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That's just not to, great. Not great. I'm gonna put it out there how I put it. He sucks. That he does. I mean, it, it, he does. It's not. He sucks bad. right now. Like yeah. he sucks right now. Um, there's really no way to put it other than that. Yeah, I mean, he he is making contact, right? He's he's putting the ball in play, but it, that doesn't matter when you're putting the ball in play the way that he is. Right. Um, to, to say something not positive, he has elite contact rate. Well, we'll say this: <laughs> he does have elite contact yeah. rate. But that's true. Kevin, Kevin Newman's ceiling is a two eighty, two ninety, maybe three hundred if you're lucky ceiling hitter. He ain't playing to that. He's not a good hitter. He's a green puff at the plate, and. When you look around the league at the shortstop position right now, he's mm. terrible. Yeah, I mean that's he's yeah, not good. He's like twenty eight. Oh, he's yeah, he he's, is he's what towards he is. the bottom. He has not had a barrel 
yet this year in 39. He has, he has hit the ball 39 times, zero barrels last year, hit the ball 138 times, one barrel. That's just, I, I mean, that's, that's not good. And uh, now in 2019, like that's, not that's again, bad. not that he had a ton yeah. of power and such, but he had nine. I mean, his yeah. barrel percentage was still 2.1, very blue, mm-hmm. very blue, which is not good. Yeah. But, you know, even in his best season where he had no power, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's even way worse than that right now. Thank God Keith Law rated him as the best player in that draft. Got some splitting to do, Keith. Yeah, Keith, Keith we, we got to think here. We still I don't get it either. Like, like, I don't get it either. Because it's not like he's like a tiny dude. Like, as far as shortstops go, he's like he's bigger than a lot of major league shortstops. He should be able to hit the ball harder than he does. I don't know if it just has to do with his approach where he, he does make so much contact, so he's just not swinging hard. And I, I don't know what it is, but he looks like a completely different guy from spring training because spring training, you know, he was hitting the ball all over the field and he was hitting the ball hard. There were line drives. I don't, I don't know the last time I saw a Kevin Newman line drive. I, I don't even know if one has existed this year. Uh, he is right. not hitting line drives. It, everything's on the ground. He's at a 69% round ball rate. That's and I guess I just want to say one thing. Like yeah. when you said he hit the ball hard, I, I guess I mean maybe for Kevin Newman terms. I'm not yeah. gonna you know yeah. uh, is that fair? I mean yeah. but the thing is that's what we saw and I liked it. So it's mm-hmm. not as if he was out there barreling in spring training. But the thing was he looked like a a hitter. He was connecting, like you said, there were line drives. Balls were hitting grass. And now yeah. they're hitting two inches off of home plate. <laughs> you know, going to the third baseman, going to the shortstop, and, and getting it out. He is, he is Juan Pierre without Juan Pierre's speed. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> even Juan Pierre. He even looks work. worse than Juan Pierre at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, but I would yeah, love I mean, Juan Pierre. He stinks. Um... He, I mean, there's really no other way to put it. He he has he has stunk this whole beginning of the year. So let's let's talk in uh, a sense. I, I mean, mean, last year saw, he stinks. We saw 2019 Newman saw some promise, right? To to more or less like live up to the hot, the prospect. I'm not gonna say hype so much, but the pedigree. Not maybe Keith Law's pedigree, but you know he was brought here because he had a hit tool. You felt there was one thing about him. He'd have a low floor, not much of a ceiling, but he would hit. Uh, he came in 2019, and he did that. He hit. Actually, a little more power than I expected. 2020 was terrible, but you kind of throw out the window. Now we're seeing 2021. I mean, again, it's small sample, but, I mean, is is this more indication of, is this really what Kevin Newman is? Is Are we just not going to see an average hitter out of Kevin Newman? I think the floor is a lot or the ceiling is a lot lower than we thought. How I think the, the ceiling is. I think the floor is a lot lower too. That, I, that's my <laughs> concern. Each, is, yeah, each has gone. Yeah, like like almost like with I Colin mean, Moran, like to that degree too. Like Colin Moran, very very low ceiling, right? Kind of like a high floor. Like he'll be a major leaguer, whether it's a backup bench role, uh-huh. or whatever. Like he's going to be in the majors. I feel like with Kevin Newman, 
yeah, like everything's just sliding way, way down. This floor is just, it's bottom, it's dropping. We're in the basement. And that ceiling was not high to begin with. No. That ceiling was an average no. major league hitter. Yeah, I mean, Newman's ceiling was probably an average shortstop, right? Between the between like a just an average glove and a and an average average hit tool, um, and his floor now seems to be lifelong AAA player. Mm. I mean, he ain't getting younger. He's not young. And that's the other thing too. You're right. I mean, he's going to be 28 in August. I mean, we're we're this is past people's you know like the start of their prime. He's well into his prime right now. And we're wondering what he's going to be. Not good. He's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I definitely think, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, I don't think Kevin Newman is playing any role on any future pirate contenders. I'm ready to, any ready, ready to say that. I don't know if I'm he ready to say that. I'm not the there yet. <laughs> but. I'm there. You know, the one thing I thought was, okay, the defense isn't good. Slide a second makes sense. He can hit. Like, he won't hurt the club. Where at short, he can hurt it because the defense isn't isn't great, right? So you put him at second, you imagine the defense probably gets a little bit better in that sense. Um, <clears throat> so he doesn't hurt the club because at least he can just hit. But I'm, I, I, like you're saying, Jim, I'm, I'm leading towards that path. I'm not there yet. I'm not going to call it out because he can go for the next 30 games now and show, okay, he belongs. But at this rate, based on last season and what he's doing right now, like, this isn't good. You know, we understand launch angle, you want to put the launch angle, the term for a sense, doesn't work for everyone. I mean, if you don't have power, there's no point of worrying about launch angle because you're not going to do anything with it. Like, what's Kevin Newman need to worry, worry about launch angle for? Is he going to fly out to the warning track every time? You know? So, yeah. but the thing about him is he has, like, it just, I'm not even saying he's a slap hitter. It's it's worse than that. Oh, he's yeah, yeah. He's not even that. And, and <laughs> it's the speed. Yeah. Like he has speed to a degree, but it's not like you're saying, Tyler. It's mm-hmm. not elite. Where I mean, how many? I, I know Jim loved this stat too. Like he led the league in infield hits. I mean, that was like Stalling Marte. You know, he had burning speed. Like Juan Pierre could that too. I don't see Kevin Newman to that level. Um. But yeah, like I just, what he's doing right now, like I don't care if you move the the second base at all. You're just not a productive player. Keep it in the Pirates. You would hope he would hit like Adam Frazier. Yes. Like no power slap hitter. And and that's the thing. Like I would take Adam Frazier 2.0. Knowing what Adam Frazier has been, you know, on this next regime and such. I would take that from him. That's almost like kind of, I think, what I was expecting uh, if Newman was to go over there with less power, but probably maybe maybe better average, hopefully less streaky. But Yeah, I mean, I, ideally we were looking at Newman as being a guy who could hit 280 to 300 and give you 10 homers. Or five. <laughs> I'll take five. I mean, he hit 12, right, in 2019? So, I mean. Yes, but I would still take five. Ball was probably super juiced, right, in 2019. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – he doesn't seem like he's going to be that guy. I, I don't know. It is early, so it could just be a bad month, but he has looked bad. Looked bad for a long time. 
And I know it's small. Like uh, we're, we're hammering him right now. It is just the 14 games as mentioned, but it is just a carryover from last year. It's the same stuff. It, it's just, it seems it's enough to worry about. I'm, I have major concerns about Kevin Newman. I don't have concerns. I think he's bad. Yes. I'm keeping it coming into the year. Yeah, coming in the year, he had no part of any future team. So, eh. it was more of a let's hope that he can get it together and they can trade him at some point. Eh, he's going to be potential. twenty-eight. I mean, I know, but still, I mean, it's not like thirty, thirty-one second second baseman is just out of the realm. You don't have to worry about a contract. They extension. got enough shortstops. Well, that's and that's part of it. I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, there is a lot of depth at middle infield, so it's not as if we. It's not like the Pirates need to have Kevin Newman. Like, they need Mitch Keller. Yeah. But major, major concerns about Kevin Newman being a future baseball player for the Pirates or any team. Yeah, I'd say any team. Yeah, I, mean, I think if Newman if, if Newman doesn't pick it up this year, then there's no point keeping him around for next yeah, year. He sucks. I mean, there, there's, enough, there's enough options out there, like, Bring Cole Tucker up and let him do this. Cole Tucker can be he doing sucks, this. Dude. I don't know, Cole Tucker can be doing this. At least he could be the next and, younger version and, that, no, that just, sucks. And play better. No, just, yeah. no, piss on all that. Bring up Pagero. I think you still have to develop players. Nope. Piss on it. Eliminate minor leagues. <laughs> I, I guess that was going to be my point. So if you yeah. – I, mean, I mean, if you get rid of him, who is it? It's Cole Tucker, I guess – I mean, then who? Yeah, like, there is depth too, but where are they at? Is still technically a shortstop. Yeah, he's gonna play right field. I mean, Piquero, Gonzalez. I mean, are they? They Gonzalez they, is still Gonzalez around. Gonzalez is gonna be a second. Are they? Are they gonna be ready for opening day next year, or do you just still have Newman on the club? Like I, I, I see Newman still. Eric there Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez will still be here. Oh, yeah, and he's gonna hit the same as. Kevin Newman, so it wasn't matter. I would I have to reevaluate this right after now. the season. I have much more confidence in Eric Gonzalez's bat right now than Kevin Newman's. Kevin Newman stinks. I would have to reevaluate this right at the end of the year. I literally just said I I trust Eric Gonzalez more. That's how yeah. much I think of Kevin Newman right now. Yeah. You know what it is to me? It's the same thing as Shackle right now. You gotta write it out, but he stinks. He does. And that one's not mental. No. Sometimes guys just stink. <laughs> well, and that's why, the, I mean, the Pirates are bad. So we shouldn't be shocked that there's yeah. a lot of guys are talking about that stink. So, yeah. we Again, I, I was expecting them to be they bad. They should stink. <laughs> All right. It would have taken a miracle for them to not stink. A lot of these guys suck really bad. You live with it. So as mentioned, we will move on to something positive. I uh, brought up a little bit earlier and said we would talk more about him in depth. Uh, Colin Moran. Colin Moran has not stunk so far. Colin Moran has looked good. Now, we, we brought some some concerns we talked about, right, obviously. But when you look at Colin Moran, not that everyone's – not that everything's blazing red, but there's definitely red, some light red on his, on his stat cast page. He's hitting the ball fairly hard when he hits it. He's barreling up balls. He's in the top, what, 90, I'm sorry, 86% talent barrels. 
Um, I, I just feel like, so one thing we talked about, and I think it's, it's fun to bring up right now. One of the things we were interested in wondering is who would have the higher war, right? The pirates first baseman, which doesn't have Todd Frazier anymore or the nationals first baseman with Josh Bell. And so far I'm liking what I see. Colm Rand, Where are so we not at? only, I, was like, I haven't looked yet, actually. And I'm not going to okay. do it too right now either because, you know, Josh Bell was played like his, what, third or fourth? He's, yeah, he's been out. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not going to really, it's small samples it is, and like it's even real more extreme with him. But just to say something about Colm Rand. So, of course, not only has he looked good offensively, but also like can we appreciate competent defense? Isn't it nice to see? a ball thrown to second, like potential and some double plays have been made that started with Colin Moran. We've had so many years of bad defensive first base. So many. It's been, it's been <laughs> a while. Like going back to, it's probably been what, six years of bad defensive first base. It's basement. probably been more than that. At least. That. I mean, I still Adam, Adam LaRoche was the last one who I can remember being competent. Uh, I mean, maybe like Gabby. The one I was going to go with Gabby. Was Gabby? Gabby. But I mean, he, he was like a part time player, though. He wasn't. Garrett really... Jones was okay ish. Mm. He wasn't good. But like, you went from Garrett Jones to Pedro, right. who was the worst <laughs> defensive Every baseball player I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then Jason looked like a freaking space cadet. And then Josh Bell, God, we've had some bad years. Yes. So again, yeah. call Moran now. Not that he's like some incredible specimen out there that you just think, oh, so athletic. He's going to be fantastic at first base. It's quite the opposite. However, maybe just because we're, you know, so far along away from seeing quality first base that it's just so appeasing to us. But I mean, he has been actually good. Like he does so far in this short sample rank well defensively so call moran i mean he can throw a baseball good for him we haven't had that in a while how how good though is call moran is this someone that we can really get on board because 2020 was a, a major difference i think from call moran. we saw a very competent call moran out there but again, it was 60 games, and you think, well, you know, how long will that last? And so far into this season, it's to me, it's gotten even better. Like it's taken another step as we talk a little bit about Tyler doesn't believe so much into it, but I, I'm seeing a whole like another step into Calm Rand being a better player. Is there really something in Calm Rand? Um, I think the thing to look at. <clears throat> to determine on, okay, is Colin Moran a two-war player, which is fine. You know, it's your yes. average major leaguer, right? When's is the last Colin time Moran the Pirates have had a two-war first right. baseman outside of that one season of Josh Bell? Which, which was I don't barely... know if he was that because I, his defense I, was so bad. It was 2.4. <laughs> yeah, okay. 2.4 was on my mind, yeah. Yeah. So is, is, is Colin Moran a two-war player or is Colin Moran more of a three-war player? Um, I think he's more of a two-war player. I think if he can keep this walk rate up, right, he's he's hovering around 14% right now. If that is something that, like, has fundamentally changed, then maybe you're pushing three. But I think you're looking at more of a two-win player, which 
it's again, it's that, that's your average major leaguer. That's fine. Um, I, I don't know if Colin Moran is going to be someone that you can necessarily like flip at a trade deadline for for like major assets. You know, corner corner average corner infielders aren't necessarily like the the most sought after thing in the world. I don't think, but um, no, he's he, he's. I think I think he can be that. I think he can be like a two win player, and like on his best of a best year, you know, get to maybe three. Would have taken Colin Moran on like the 2014, 2015 team. Oh yeah, for sure. Right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. If he was on the twenty fifteen team, I, did the Pirates win? <laughs> I think he's like a one one and a half win player. The the Pirates Which, not I don't have to go it. into the wild card if he's their first baseman. Yeah, maybe Sean Rodriguez is not coming in the sixth inning. Mm. But I think he's like a one, one and a half win player max. I just mm. I don't see it. I so maybe I'm a little more optimistic. Plus. Yeah. Okay. So with that being mm-hmm. said, I, I'm gonna bring up something. I'm using 2019 because obviously 2020 doesn't make sense. Um I'm kind of with Jim. Like, I'm not going out here saying he's going to be a three-war player. That's not. I don't think Comrade has that in him. Um, I think if Comrade can be a two-win player, that's where we're getting at. Like, if Comrade can be that, that's a lot more than I think a lot of people were anticipating. Um, especially after the trade, especially after the first few years, you know. So if he can be a two-war player, that is an everyday first baseman. That's I'll, I'll take that. And to rank them, so if you're looking at you know just purely on war and such, looking at first baseman. From 2019, I mean, that would rank him as the like the 16th best first baseman. So he's kind of like in the middle, right? Um, and the likes of like Christian Walker, Eric Thames. Um, I keep saying Thames, Thames, uh, G Man Choi, like Reese Hoskins, like like those type of guys. That to me is fine. That's more than I expected Colm Rand to be. And if you're looking at way to run created plus, uh, you know, like Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins was a 113. Walker was a 111. Uh, Danny Santana, 111, like those ranks too. So you can be that. If his defense is at least adequate, I feel like you can be that type of player and be a two-win player. I'm even leaning more towards right now. Like, I mean, beginning of the year, I think we were all kind of expecting Moran to be somebody who was traded. I mean, he's got this year... He's got 2022. He's got 2023. He's not a free agent until 2024. Like I, I think Colin Moran is you, you, like your short-term first baseman for the foreseeable future, like for the next few years. Because like first off, you don't really have any other options there. You know, your your, your first baseman in the minors is Mason Martin, who isn't necessarily i mean who knows he can hit home runs but he strikes out like 50 percent of the time so and that's an a ball so I, I don't really have much faith in him but i mean i think i think colin moran has a shot at like being a pirate for the next three years i don't hate that at all because so what's he gonna return in the trade So I guess they, at some point you still need that clubhouse presence, even if he isn't much of one. I guess my question I'm going to present then is if he is at the trade deadline, okay, 
I'm not saying he's like keeping this pace. I'm not saying he's like a 160 way to run credit plus type, but if he's at the trade deadline and he's, he's still semi hot, like he, he's looking very productive, a 130 way to run credit plus 120, 130, something like that, right? 125 put in the middle. Do you try to capitalize on that or do you look to keep him? Cause like Jim, what Jim said, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like he could per se, but at the same sense, I guess, what do you truly believe Comran is long term to not possibly capitalize if you can right now? I mean, if Colin Moran is has a one forty weighted runs created plus at the deadline, we're not going one forty. You know, he's a, going one twenty five. Somewhat modest, Jim. One twenty five. At one twenty five, yeah. I don't know what the return would be like. No, still. So, I mean, I still think it depends on what the return is, right? So, I mean, if you're going, if somebody's going to give you a haul for Colin Moran, then sure, you do it, right? Because I still don't think you're going to get a haul. That's what we're doing. But, like, if if all he's going to get you is, I don't even know what would be a comparable trade here. Like, if they give you a couple 23 year old AAA guys, we're not talking 23. Yeah, no. But, like, If they give you something, if they if they give you something that's like yeah. pretty the interesting, Tony Watson then, deal, and yeah. I'm going to say that obviously O'Neill Cruz exactly panned out to be a top prospect in that sense, but right. a young a young intriguing person. It's, it's O'Neill Cruz at that time. If you get the Tony Watson deal, even which potentially I think you I might be able to get, get more than that. I don't know, but I think yeah, you probably could get more than that. Um, but it's something that's intriguing. It's a long shot. But I think if you're going to trade him, kind of been doing right now too. Yeah, I think if you're going to trade him, it's going to have to be like a clear cut. We are adding talent to this organization type trade. Yeah, I can't really think of a trade that would be similar, but it would have to be something like what you were saying with Tony Watson. Other than that. Is there really a point? Like, you're not going after Will Crows of the world. No, no, absolutely not. And right. honestly, like, what Charrington, at least what Charrington has shown so far is that's not the trade he's going to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't, um, he hasn't been doing those, so. It's now watch tough to really find a deal for a first baseman that is just above average. I can't really think of the last one that happened. Justin Morneau to the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like a one month. <laughs> and that was Alex Presley. Derek so... Lee to the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, and so that I, mean, was I, Baker. I don't know um, how many other examples are of like a two year, because I mean, he still has two more years yeah, left Sanchez. of control. And, yeah, like the control, yeah. I don't know if it adds or not. Though. It adds a little bit, but. So maybe, is it, if anything, maybe more of an offseason trade opposed to a deadline deal? I don't know. Well, no, it's I, again, I, I guess I didn't look yeah, too much about him know. being on this club for, for years. Yeah. And I guess I could see it. But I guess also at the same time, I, I just feel like, why? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's because even I if I'm getting like a why not? Because <laughs> if you're not, again, you have to get something. I still have reservations on Colin Moran. Oh, I do too. As well, but it's yeah. like, and that's why I and again, this is... because if he's looking to be a competitive type of player, I almost feel like 
again, we're not getting a Will Crow. I, 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 I firmly believe like whatever Charrington pulls off, whatever the trade, if a trade would happen, it would be something like a, a Watson. It's going to be a younger player, some intrigue, one or two players, right? That whoever's trading them, it doesn't hurt them too much because they're listed as a number 20, some prospect or whatnot. Um, they're far off, right? They're competing right now. So who cares for the pirates? That's something they could definitely crave and want in return. Um, and, and go with it and see what you got because even though we joked and made fun that we would love a Colin Moran for those years, I mean, Colin Moran will be gone in 2024. Is it worth to keep him around and hope that in 2024 when the Pirates might be ready to compete that he's still worthy or whatnot when this other kid might be ready to make his debut in the majors? I just feel like if he's showing any life and you've got to trade at the deadline, to pull it. Uh, if you look at like the Brewers Rays trade when the Rays when the Brewers traded Jesus Aguilar to okay. the Rays, you know, I think Aguilar was Aguilar had like thirty five bombs that year was really raking, right? And the Brewers got back a twenty six year old pitcher who was kind of struggling but has decent stuff. But that was still a rental though, right? Because then he signed with Miami the year after. Uh, was he a rental? So Maybe. still, like, what? It still is a bit different because at least he doesn't yeah. have the control. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know if teams are giving up a ton of talent for an average first baseman. But he can play third. And Aguilar actually was not a rental. He can play third. No, Aguilar. <laughs> Aguilar actually was about in the same boat. Aguilar was in the same boat. He, Aguilar has one more year of service time than Colin Moran. So when he was traded, he was actually he had a year and a half left. In his, he was in his third year. He had three years left. Oh, you know, okay, you're right. Miami and, and signed the him. Actually, they signed him because yeah. the Rays DFA'd him. Rays DFA'd him in the offseason. Yes, season. I remember that because we. Ryan and I talked our ish about that. <laughs> yeah. he, hit, because, he hit 35 uh, home runs in 2018. And then in 2019, he kind of took a little step back. Yes. And then he got DFA'd. You're right. Yeah. The Rays did DFA in Miami. That's right. Okay. So that, okay. So then he wasn't actually just a pure rental. Um, that's, that's fair enough. And you are right. I mean, I mean I too, like we talk about. Yeah. I think mainly we've talked more of the outfielders, like corner outfielders, you know. But it also stays the same mm-hmm. for the corner infielders, like first baseman, third baseman. I think a little bit different because the defense and such. Third baseman is different, yeah. Yeah, but like corner outfielders, first baseman with the trade deadline typically don't fetch a big haul. So I don't know. Unless they're like elite, right? But okay, that's fair. I'm still on the board if if you can get something it all of course comes down though, but if you can get something that's that's intriguing, I feel you pull the trigger this year. Yeah. I I think it's pretty much that way with almost everybody. Almost. Yes. There's probably four or five you don't. Maybe three or four. I'll say right. Depending on like okay, so like how about Brian Reynolds? Reynolds, I wouldn't. Are you keeping? I would. Do you, do you think the same thing about? I would keep about Reynolds for now. Ryan. Hayes. I would keep Reynolds, Hayes, Keller. Because Keller, you're not getting anything intriguing enough. 
And that's about it. Yeah. Trying to go around the lineup right yeah. now. And obviously, I'm, like the I'm younger in there. I think. Yeah. But I think of Ren, the major yeah. league roster, yeah. Reynolds, Hayes, Keller. That's, that's it. The rest, every, everyone else here, yeah. isn't tied down. Um, you made, yeah, I, I feel almost like a hot take to a degree, Jim, uh, in our group chat. Jacob Stallings, do you want to talk about that? Enlighten us, what you feel? I almost felt like you said it. I think I said Jacob Stallings is good. <laughs> what did I? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think I it was you. Did, did you mention, did you say something about you feel Jacob Stallings will be traded before the deadline? Oh yeah, I think I think Stallings with the way that he's playing right now could definitely be a trade ship. Because I think I think that's one thing. You know, teams are always looking for catchers. You saw the Padres trade for catcher last last uh, deadline. Mm-hmm. They actually acquired a couple of them, right? <laughs> so there's going to be some teams who are competing, and they're going to need they're going to need some catching options. Um, and, and just based off of this year, last year. I mean, I know it's he's not he's, he doesn't do anything sexy, right? But like, if you look at the numbers, Jacob Stallings has been one of the better catchers in baseball the last year and a half. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me, but it's true. Right? And really, if you he carry looked, over, he wasn't one of the yeah. better, but he had you know just 210 plate appearances in 2019. But in 2019, he also performed in that. Yeah, with just those 71 20. games, he had a 1.3 WAR. 2019, 2020, and now he's off to a hot start in 2021. I mean, he's already put up about a half a win already in 2021. Like, if, if he catches 120 games this year, he could be a three to four win catcher. I mean, when you look at it and put it on put it on paper, so in like the past three years, since 2019 to 2020, he's played in basically 140 games, and that's given 2.7 war. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm taking that all day long for a catcher, right? And I think a lot of teams would. You look at like what the Mariners got for 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 Nola Jeez, last year, right? If if the Pirates are able to get a Taylor Trammell type prospect for Jacob Stallings, then <laughs> you do that, right? Like that's a, that is a move that you make. Um, so so yeah, I, I think. So I think Stallings is someone who, like I said, if he continues to do this, and I'm not saying Stallings is going to continue to hit three. He's, well, hitting, no, he's, he's hitting 300 right now. He's got a one, 151 weighted runs created plus. Like He's not going to do that. But if Jacob Stallings is in that 90 to 100 weighted runs created plus and providing great defense, there's going to be teams who want him. And another thing about the approach is to go here. We talk about Moran. So Jacob Stallings has also walked nine times so far. He's walked nine times and struck out 10. 21% walk rate. It's incredible. He's Chris Stewart. He is. He, I mean, and, and we joke <laughs> about it. Like that ball he hit the other night was the hardest ball I think we've ever seen him hit. And I went to the warning track. I mean, he, <laughs> also a yeah. guy who's not short in stature, like, like you said about Kevin Newman. You know, he's a, he's kind of a bigger guy, you know, like Kevin, Jesus. Jacob Stallings should be able to put one over the fence, but he doesn't. But regardless, even with that, he's never been a liability per se offensively. Uh, I don't anticipate him to 
be this good offensively this year as well. But like he he's decent enough. And he also he has yeah. he's looked good so far mm-hmm. offensively this year. He's hitting the ball where he needs to. It's not for power, but he's getting the gaps, he's getting the grass in the outfield. It's not Kevin Newman where he's going straight down to the dirt. He's a four fifty two on base. Four fifty two on base percentage. He's walking the hell out of it. He's not. They're not getting anything. But, Jacob Stallings. But it's a again, fun thought process. It's a it's nice fun. little thought. But and, and I guess what I want to say to is he's not good. Like he's okay. I'm sorry. He's you're wrong. I'm just telling. Like I'm telling you, you're wrong. Like I, I'm like straight up. I think you're incorrect. I think I think Jacob Stallings is going to be a player that teams want at the deadline. I think you're wildly incorrect on that. I think he ends up being at that point. He's an 80 WRC plus guy. Good glove, but I don't think they get anything for him. I do. I try, but I do. I just don't see it. They do. I'll dance in the street. I'm holding it to you. Dancing in the street. I think I said not literally. We'll do an NS9 live from the street. (laughs) I'm just hoping that he ends up. At 1.9, then they trade him, and then he ends up with like a one four. So I win my over under. What I, what was it two? I forget. I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was war. I don't know. It was, it was like war, and it was two. It wasn't like fit, like then. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was halfway two. there. Top fifteen. I think it was a war number, but I don't remember. Either way, I, I do feel that he will. I'm with Jim. I think he's going to be coveted to a degree. Um, no, I don't think he's obviously like an elite catcher, but I think he's a good catcher and teams will want that at the deadline. And uh, he shows enough of it. Uh, but again, so far I am impressed. What I was going to say is, I guess also if you think about with the walks uh, at the same time, I, I guess maybe that's a little skewed because also when you're looking who's really pitching behind him, how many times do you think he's maybe been pitched around so that way they get to Anthony Alford? So, so maybe there's a couple walks in there that really wasn't too deserving. Um, but at any rate, it's still better than normal right now. All right. We're done with Anthony Alfred. <laughs> Are we done with the show? I will say this. So walk rate, walk rate, if we're going walk rate here, Jacob Stallings higher than Mike Trout. Or 13 is it? What about the swing path? To end up hitting terribly. Is the swing path the same as Mike Trout, too? (laughs) Very similar. Yeah, very similar. All right. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough here. I think the one thing we can say before we do go is Pirates are bad. They're going to be bad, but they've at least been interesting to watch. I think that's something we can get on board with. There's been some. some at least this last week, kind of there, there were that red series was was not interesting. <laughs> Just give me Cabrian back, okay? But uh, yeah, getting Hayes back will be nice for sure. So playing the Cubs has been fun. Is basically what we're saying. <laughs> yes, playing the Cubs has been very fun. Okay, that's fair. All right, we're out of here. Then we'll see you guys next week. Bye bye. Later, guys.